Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Working class on DeerCast. We are here. It is the I don't even know the last week or so of August. I don't. Yeah. I, dude, I'm lost track of time. I think the 21st or 22nd, something like that. That's right. Well, Austin Chandler, you're with me. How how's, are you? How's it going, my man? Good to see you. Yeah, we're going to probably see each other significantly less from this episode until you're done with harvest. Yeah, it's getting to be the busy time of season, but it's a time we uh, we look forward to every year. And man, yeah. can you believe it's here already? No. So last week, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit, like the preseason anxiety. It was um, myself, Doug, and Lee. Yep. And you tried to join, but your internet sucks where you I, live. I live in the boondocks, man. It's hard to get out. <laughs> so that episode, I feel good about like all my dear stuff. But I also feel behind. And I feel more behind each day, especially since we did that episode. Yep. But I have this ball of motivational anxiety. Uh, not necessarily like, ah, I mean, I have a lot to do. But it's more I can't wait for season anxiety yep. than it is like stressed about things to do. Yeah. That's a good thing, though. Like, yeah, I'm anxious, too. But I'm anxious in a good way. I just... I look forward to this time of year so much and the leaves are getting ready to change and the mornings are going to cool off and I know. the combines are going to be firing up. It's well, It doesn't help now that it's like the 9,500 degree weather just kicked on this week, but it's going to speed things up. So five days from now, the leaves are going to be, you know, you're going to see brown corn stalks. You're going to see the leaves starting to turn in some of the trees. I mean, it's, yeah, the, these high temps are going to speed things up. So it's, it's going to look different. I feel more excited for hunting season this year than I ever have. And I always feel like after each season, I'm like, man, I just hope I, I never lose it. I guess right. I have a worry of losing my excitement. You're passionate enough. I don't think I'd be too worried. I'm 40 years old. I still feel like I'm 15 when the fall rolls around. <laughs> right. But do you feel like more excited this year, less excited? And like, if so, why? I'm about the same. Like I've, the last few years I've planned big hunts in the fall. And so yeah. that gives you something to look forward to just in itself. And then you uh, couple the whitetail season with it. And it's just like, man, I, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> it's nice to get like a, a Western fall hunt in and then come yeah. back to white. You almost like shook all your uh, pre-hunt anxieties off 
Yeah. And your Western hunt. Like well, you, and it takes three or four weeks off the wait to get to whitetail season too. So it speeds <laughs> your season up a little bit and gets it here faster. Work on building up your winter fat again. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh, that being said, you know, we're excited about whitetails. We're just talking game plans here in the studio before we jumped on this episode. But you've had an elk hunt planned mm-hmm. in Wyoming. Yep. And uh, which I, I want to talk a little bit about that. And uh, I honestly... I'll be full transparency. I had no intention on doing a Western hunt this year. I didn't put it in for any tags, nothing like that. Didn't have anything planned. And we did a podcast with Mountain Ops Mm -hmm. with Jake Powers several weeks ago on the normal WCB series. Uh, Shout out to everybody who like reacted to that episode. Really, it was the listener reaction to that episode. Um, So because of our listeners, they called me and they're like, hey, we're, I'm, paraphrasing basically was hey wow we're really impressed with the feedback and the response we had from doing your guys a show it was really great hey do you want to come elk hunting with us in utah man you can't beat that and i'm like oh what yeah of <laughs> course yeah well, you know but i didn't plan on it yeah you know, i didn't have so i'm like wow that's incredible that they even offered that and they did Very be- cool because of the response and the reactions from everybody listen so shout out to you guys um that is also why we're doing a massive giveaway right now with bows and coolers and all sorts of stuff if you go and make any purchase at Mountain Ops right now and use code WCB. So there's a chance that we can win a second elk tag for Eric. So that's part of the reason why we're pushing so hard and why we're investing in like giving away an elite and yep. investing in some custom grizzly coolers and all this hunting gear. So we're trying to give back. If people are going to use the code anyway, like they did, that yeah. basically got us this first elk tag. It's like, well, let's give some stuff away and reward our listeners for supporting us through a brand who gave us a chance. Yep. And in turn, hopefully we get to go, Eric gets to kill an elk too, or try to kill an elk. Man, how cool would that be? You guys go out there and double up. Well, how cool would it be if you kill one and then we both kill elk? Yeah, we're on the uh, the team now, so we, these Midwest boys got to show people how it's done. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get signed. They had, they had the elk bow hunting league shut down. but Oh, it, it was shut down. Dang yeah, it. it was shut down. I, was, I tried to sign up. I'm like, oh, man. But anyway, um, so lots to look forward to there. A lot of unknowns. I've never hunted Utah. I don't know what to expect. It's going to be, you're going to love it, man. It's so pretty out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you cut your teeth hunting Utah. Yep. I used to hunt the Wasatch front just for cows. You know, when I was young, my dad would take me out there and we'd go out there and hunt for cows with the bow like in yeah. late August. School would just start up and then we'd go out there and hunt for cows with a bow. And I killed three cows with a bow out there. It's a lot of fun. That was your first animal you ever killed with a bow. Yep. Yep, last day of the hunt on the first hunt when we went out there in 1997, I dropped a 50-yard bomb on a big old cow. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you in 97? Uh, 14. Yeah, I was seven, so yeah. that's hilarious. It was awesome. I don't, We told that story in detail. Your dad was like, you little shit. You, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just aced a 50-yard shot. with, And back then, you know, equipment was a little bit different, so making a 50-yard shot back then was like an 80-yard shot now. Yeah, <laughs> Your arrow's like, whoop, lobbed into Shooting it. the old uh, aluminum arrows with the thunderhead broadhead and... Just classic. Old-school shit, man. <laughs> See, that's cool. That's like a great nostalgia story. So... I've never, I've been putting in for Utah points for a long time for, uh, you know, pronghorn, elk, and mule deer, and I'm waiting for a draw tag. Obviously, I'm going to try and do that in the next five years or so. Same thing with like Colorado, and I'm building points back up for Wyoming. Yep. But you you have been building points for Wyoming elk. Yeah, I think this was uh, three or four points. I think this was four points that I had. Uh, no, this has been five because you had. I remember you had four last year and didn't. Because I had to split. Yeah, I tried to split oh. with my dad. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So this would be five points coming in and drew this year. So 
So I got the elk tag this year, and then next year I think I've got four or five points for deer. So I'll be getting close to being able to draw a deer tag out there with Trey too. So yeah, you should be able to draw a deer tag with that. I think I think I drew my elk tag on four four points. Yep. Last year, and I drew my deer tag on five. Yep. So man, that'd be that's pretty high up on the list for me to go out there, and sh- I'd love to shoot a big velvet one. Sorry, Devin, I like the velvet <laughs> ones. But you want a velvet muley? I'd like to kill a big velvet muley. Yeah, they're neat, man. And it's it wouldn't. It, all right, I'm gonna start some arguments with this one. It wouldn't be that difficult of a hunt if it wasn't the terrain wasn't so crazy, right? But that's what makes it hard. Yep. But so elk, let's talk about elk. I'll stay on elk for a little bit. <laughs> I know this is deer cast, but this is what we preseason anxieties here a little bit part two <laughs> what are you shooting for for an elk like what's your goal i talked to actually talked to trey this morning he said man any good solid six by that you see like 280 to 300 is a very doable uh caliber of animal out there he said you could see one bigger yeah so um any solid six by six if the guide gives me the thumbs up then i'm gonna i'm gonna take the shot so i'll tell you and i already told you this but i'll tell you again to help your confidence if I would have been anybody else in the week of elk hunting I had there last year with my bow, I would have killed a 300-inch bull, and it would have just been beautiful. But I had – it was the week of close but no cigar. Mm-hmm. Like, we were in bulls. A bull would come in. I'd get drawn. I, I drew back. I, I drew my bow every day except the first day. Man, that's wild. To be in the elk that much, like to consistently be in there in the middle of them, that's awesome. We found them, and I think we got lucky. We found them, and they just didn't leave the area we were in yeah. for my week. Now, they did kind of move. Like they moved over like a, um, I don't know what you call it, a mountain. Right. So we, we at the end of the hunt, we had to go up on the other side and find them again. But for the most part, like we were in the pockets. Yeah. Well, they just um, naturally move more than a deer, you know, so yeah. you're going to have to follow them around a little bit. But that's... That's cool. That's just a testament to that area, you know, to be an elk like the that numbers are there, you yeah. know. And, and I will tell you this: the I could have shot, I could have shot any bull. I could have killed like a raghorn and yep. some smaller bull. I could have. Um, you know, I got pictures of me standing there with like a raghorn like ten feet from me. Yep. But um, the biggest bull we saw was three thirty, three forty range, and I had him at like forty yards, no shot. That's a big bull. Big bull, dude. I was yep. uh, about to poop my pants, <laughs> and then. Uh, you know, we were we were all in them. Yep. So I'm so pumped to get out there just to see that scenery. Like I'm going out, I'm driving out by myself, and Leah's like, "Well, are you gonna get tired? Or are you gonna get bored?" I'm like, "Man, I got 18 or 19 hours in my my nice new truck with a good stereo and some jams, and I'm just gonna enjoy the trip out there and watch the mountains." And that's what I'm, I do, man. I'm looking forward to it, man. I can't wait. I like those drives because I did it for my mule deer hunt and my elk hunt. Yeah. And I went by myself, drove out there, and it is kind of nice. You kind of get in your zen a little bit. Yep. And you just like enjoy it, dude. You go leave a day early yep. if you can. That's what I'm gonna do. Don't be in a hurry. Yep. Stop and get a hotel in like Laramie where you got it's just easy. Yep. Just get into Wyoming, get 13 or 14 hours down, and take a break and yeah, enjoy the drive. Get a good dinner, sleep in. Get like that makes a big difference. Rather than if you just like push through, you're already exhausted when you get there. Oh, that's too long of a drive to just try to power through it. That's a long. It's like one. 23 hours to camp oh i was thinking like 19 or 20 so it's yeah it's even further than i thought 19 or 20 to the town right then to get to camp yep you know it takes you two hours two and a half hours to get to camp yep roughly man i can't wait 
<laughs> you're going to love it. I mean, I know you're familiar with that terrain, but you haven't been out there in the fall yet. No, I haven't. I haven't seen that Western Wyoming country in the fall. So really it's, looking forward to it. It's magical, man. Like yeah. where we were in the pocket, the first day I was kind of like, uh oh, what's going on? Cause we didn't see any elk. And I'm like, I did not, I expect to see elk. Yeah. You know, cause you see them all the time in the spring. Right. And, uh, dude, once we found them <laughs> all over the place, it's crazy. I just can't wait to hear a bull scream. Like it's been, I think 2009 was the last time I hunted uh, elk, and that was for a cow. But the last time I hunted for a bull, I ended up killing a good bull in Utah, and that was in 2006. So, oh really? It's been a long time since I chased after a bull. I feel like you never talk about that bull. Uh, it was a gun hunt, so I mean, an awesome hunt, and it's the only bull I've ever killed. So it was it was awesome. But he's yeah, like a 330 bull, isn't he? 320. Yep. Yeah, it's a giant. He's got a big. In my eyes. He's got a big kicker coming off one of his back tines, but yeah. he was chasing a cow really hard. It was like September twentieth or something like that, and he was mm -hmm. chasing this cow. But I was actually taking a nap. It was like right around one or two o'clock. I had ate my lunch and laid down and was taking a nap, and he uh, screamed and woke me up, and then I got. In How far was he when he when he bugled? Oh, two or three hundred yards. No kidding. So I kind of made my way up to him and sat down in this little meadow and he just came hauling ass chasing this cow in the middle of the day. I dumped him at like 90 yards. Whoa. <laughs> See, that's cool though. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it sucks to be like, oh, it was a gun hunt. Yeah, it takes a little bit. I mean, being a hardcore bow hunter, it takes a little bit away from it. Like now being, you know, the way you, I am You now. put your own mental asterisk on it is what yeah, you do. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. I kind of do that a little bit too. I try I try to not be that way. Yep. I, you know what I mean? Like I know, I know. All right, I'll give a couple examples because I know Doug does this as well. Like Doug killed his bear and his cootie with a gun. Yep. And I think he does the same thing, kind of. Not that we're not grateful for the animal or the opportunity or the experience. It's a personal fault that we do that, I think. But once he hits the dirt, you're like, man, I wish I could have done that with a bow. <laughs> I I will say when I shot my elk last year with a gun, I was jacked up yep. because at that point I had hunted seven, eight days with my bow and just had all those close encounters. And then I had hunted three or four days with a gun. So I'd had some days like hard hunting and, you yeah. know, like, you know, dark to dark. And when I did shoot my bull, I was like, dude, I think Wyoming is just impossible to kill an elk. I, obviously it's not, that's not true, but <laughs> it just was like so close, no opportunity, yeah. so close, no opportunity. And then, so when I finally shot mine, I'm like, it was like a big weight lifted off my shoulders a little bit. Yep. And I had just dreamed about killing an elk since I started watching hunt videos when I was nine or 10, you right. know? So for me, it was awesome. So, but it's like the, after the fact, you still mentally asterisk it a little bit. Yep. And that's a personal fault, I think. Well, I, it's just the way I've always been. I love bow hunting so much. It just, it's the, I don't know. To me, it's just like the most primitive, truest form of hunting. That's what I just yeah. enjoy it so much. But. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree. But I just mean it's like we shouldn't do that. Yeah, because it's still awesome. Oh, that I'll remember my gun kill on that elk for the rest of my life. It was so awesome. But I do think, you know, me going back, like if it, if it would have been anybody else on my hunt, one little adjustment left or right, yep. then they would be killing bulls. That's how it goes, man. Hopefully I make the right call when I'm out there and go on the left trail versus the right or well, That's whatever. the thing. It's like, that's what the crazy thing about elk hunting. And I love how we're on a whitetail podcast talking about, um, serious podcast talking about elk. But <laughs> it's when I would sit down, you hear the bull bugling, like Devin would get off and cow call. And you're like looking at all the jack pines and some of the trees are like, 
I don't know how where he's going to come through. He's just yeah. going to come crashing through. And so that is for me is like the biggest learning curve is like where to set up and how. Yep. And I think, you know, maybe it's just by chance, but it seems like every time I'd sit down, the bowl would be a little further than I thought or yeah. would go through the thick stuff when I expected him to take this trail, that type of thing, you yeah. know. It's a lot different for a Midwest boy going out there and trying to pick things up, you know, just trying to figure out thermals and just, and there's not really a good way to do it because they swirl so much, but just learning the basics of kind of how the thermals work around and yeah that's a big part of it i think i think it's really good to learn that yeah like because it's the same in the midwest where there's terrain but on it just a, a very minute scale yeah it's just so different out there with the way it comes you know they drop down and everything goes down the valley and then it lifts and yeah it's a I don't know. I, it took me a couple of years to get onto that, but once I started paying attention to that, I found myself getting in front of more animals out there. It's it's cool to learn all that, and it's motivating. Like anywhere there was like a bench, I found because it got pretty hot during the day when I was there. I was like there between the September seventh and like that week, which yeah. is the same week you're going. It'd get hot, and then we'd go into the dark timber, and we were on elk all day in that yep. dark timber. You know, makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's like you find a a bench. And we'd tuck into that bench. That's where we had that big one come in. He came in silent. I was set up kind of between two trail, trail below me, trail above me. And I was sitting in these jack pines, and Devin and Braden were up high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just see legs come in, and that big bastard look around, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. But like the biggest tree in Wyoming fell down right over the trail. And he kind of was like doing the head bob, like kind of looking over, looking under, didn't see any cows. And then he just literally turned around not spooked or nothing just turned around and then he just disappeared into the dark timber and i'm Man. like and i'm like for the next 30 minutes i'm like scanning yeah. to see if he's gonna get around and i think he just went back to where he came from yeah. didn't see what he wanted to see so he just went back i was a nervous wreck i think it was big that get the old ticker thumping yeah <laughs> and i know what bullet was too because we got him out in the open on the spotter and he's like trey said 330s bull yep big. it's a big boy mm-hmm Mm -hmm. that'd do just fine maybe he'll still be in there and you'll kill him yeah when he's like 360 now how cool would that be <laughs> i asked trey if you heard about anybody shooting it i mean somebody could have went there and shot it he'd never know but right. he's a, a respected guy that he normally knows yeah and he said he never heard anybody killing a bull that big man it'd be cool i'd like to see a big one like that just to see one but it, like i said any solid bull like i'm not going to be picky the first good bull i see with the bow that's it's like my uh moose you know when i i had one day of hunting under my belt and had that group of bulls come in and my bull was like a 38 inch bull i didn't even think about passing that animal yeah, yeah. and this hunt's going to be the same for me like if i can get it done with my bow i'll take a two 280 300 whatever that's going to be an awesome oh, animal yeah i mean that's the thing with an elk i i didn't shoot the raghorn it's not that i'm like above that or nothing but i set my yeah. personal goals a little higher like i wanted to look elkable Yep. Elky. A good representative of the species. Exactly. Right? And I killed a five point in mid October that, I mean, I think he's about as big as like a clean five by would get without, you know, being a little longer and yep. six by six. Really nice bull. Yeah. Good bull. I think he was an older bull, just was a five by five from yep. what Trey and um, Franco told me. They're like, hey, he's just five by five. He's like a big bully buck kind of type deal is what I kind of gathered from it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk whitetails. Your goals for elk is what you just said like you know good representation of an elk whitetails you've killed whitetails every year since you were 
since what year? 95, 96? Uh, 97. No, 97 was my elk hunt, and then I killed my first big buck in 98. Okay. Yeah. So since 1998, you've been killing good whitetails. I had a dry spell in there. I went five years without killing one because I was waiting on such a high caliber animal. Yeah, because you kind of spoiled yourself, right? Not spoiled yourself. You got I, ruined. I started off on a couple big bucks, and after that, I'm just like, you know, this is what I want to do. So I went four or five years without shooting one. But That's si impressive. Since about 2009, I've shot good bucks every year. Five years of just committed to passing deer for a big one? I did it, too, through college, yeah. That's a long time to not, like... Uh, settle yeah well if you want to shoot the good ones you can't shoot the mediocre ones so i've always ever since i shot that first one i was like a, a 50s 8 or a 60s 10 is kind of the caliber of deer that i've been interested in mm -hmm. i haven't really i haven't matured a whole lot it's just i've always liked that size of animal and that's what i've always targeted well it's i mean you, if you try to kill 180s or better every year you're gonna be waiting a lot you're gonna be waiting a lot yeah. and that goes back to like what we've always talked about is I want to shoot deer. Yep. You know, I don't want to not shoot deer. I like shooting deer. It's an interesting topic. I've got friends that do that. I've got friends that'll wait on six-year-old deer and nothing, you know, nothing less. Um, most of the time, they're passing 160 type deer, and then and now, you know, it's going to pay off after doing it for two or three years. But I don't like waiting two or three years. Like uh, my philosophy has always been hunt the most mature deer on your farm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm spread out over a bunch of acres. So I have some pretty good opportunity on on big old deer. So, you know, every year I seem to run into 50s or 60s type deer, even a couple of them. So, yeah. Yeah. See, it's tough. I'm at a weird point in deer hunting. And that's my personal opinion other people be like what are you talking about you know i think i only analyze it because it's my hunting but we were talking before this i love i kill big eight pointers that's like kind of my thing yep seems like every time every year i hunt there's a big eight that i could go after like a mature 150 plus inch eight it's a big eight and i love them yep but i i don't want to i don't want this to seem ungrateful what i'm about to say because i'm very grateful and i'll shoot them deer every year if that's what i gotta <laughs> shoot but how many years in a row am I going to kill a 150, eight, even though they're mature animals? It's like you were just destined to kill those big 50s eight-pointers. Did I ever tell you why I think it is? Uh-uh. So we got this painting. My dad got it. I asked for this for Christmas from the Cabela's catalog when I was like 12. My dad got me the Michael Sieve. Is it Michael Sieve? Sieve painting? He's an artist. Okay. And the, the title of the painting is The Great Eight. Yeah. And it's I have it in my bathroom at, at the house, and it's just this giant, clean mainframe eight and heavy timber like looking. Yeah. And my dad and I were just obsessed with that painting, and I swear that is like cursed me. Not cursed me. It's a good curse. Right. That's the wrong term. Cast a spell on me <laughs> to just have it big eight pointers walk by me. Well, it's a horrible curse to have. But <laughs> yeah, it somebody, sucks. Somebody's got to do it. It sucks. <laughs> but you know, it's like. I passed a really good eight. Actually, I drew back on him and didn't shoot a really good eight last year. And uh, he's 150, I thought, even. Yep. And then I got an opportunity on a buck on my farm, which is a one. He was a 150 clean eight, actually. Yep. Beautiful deer. Beautiful buck. Thankful for a mature buck. I think a five-year-old shot him. But I, I basically was like, if I'm going to shoot, I'd shoot that deer over any other deer. Yeah. Because it was like first year on my own farm, blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole well, being the eight-point king, like, it's just fitting that you kill a big eight-pointer off your own farm. The first deer. Yeah. First butt killed, yeah. <laughs> so, 
me going back to like, I don't want to seem ungrateful, but I've got six, eight pointers over 150. Yeah, that's a pile. <laughs> you know? <sighs> You're ready for a 10. I'm ready for a, uh, give me a nine. <laughs> Just a nine. <laughs> Just one more time. Give me an eight with a split G2. <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't want that to sound wrong. I know what you're saying. Yeah. You're just, you're maturing as a bow hunter. You're looking for that next caliber animal, something that's a five by five. That's a, <laughs> a solid five-year-old five by five. We have four by four with eye guard. <laughs> but that being said too, I don't want to get to the point where I'm, I don't want to go five years and not shoot a deer. Yep. Like I, I don't want to curse away those mature five-year-old eight-pointers or, or what a lot of people consider like giant bully bucks type deer you know i like them still don't go away forever like stick around well here's what you got to do kurt you keep killing all these deer in october and you're not getting to hunt any of the rut or any of december so you got to slow down a little bit that's what it is let those eight-pointers walk in october and then you kill your big boys in november and december you're right that's what it is <laughs> that's that's a heavy inkling on like my situation yeah I, I, my trigger finger has a chicken pox, dude. dude. When, when you it's see itching. you see a big old five year old buck, <laughs> I cannot I mean, shoot him. It's so hard to pass him. Like the set my saddle buck last year. Yep. You know I know and you tell me every year. You tell the, what, what you just told me. Tell me every year. <laughs> I just can't help it. But I have. I think my mindset's pretty healthy right now. Well, you've got some good options this year, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I've. I don't think I've seen so many good bucks in the last few years is what I've seen this year as far as like buddies sharing pictures yeah. and man, I've got three or four buddies that have all got slobs. I think it's going to be an awesome fall. Spread out between the entire crew of ours and close friends from that. There's some deer in there that I'm like, it could be the season of all seasons. Yeah. It also could not be, it could be the season of waiting for those giant deer and, and which is fine too. I think there's going to be some big deer get killed. I mean, from from everybody, I think it's just been a really good growing season for antlers. Well, I was doubtful with the with the dryness. Yeah, it got a little dry there in the middle, but we got good moisture early, and then had that dry spell, and then started getting rains again. So yeah, I uh, I think we're gonna be fine. I think so too. God, it's exciting though, isn't it? I'm so pumped. I think I've said that five times now. <laughs> I'm so jacked up, like. I just got my new bow in, which is a great time to get it in the last week of August or whatever this is. And yeah. I'm rolling to Josh McDaniel's house tomorrow or his bow shop, Shooter's Archery. And I'm just going to be like, I'm, he's going to run my bow through the works. Yep. Like it's the the new era yep. from Elite. So awesome looking bow. Dude, I love it. So he's going to bear shaft tune it. We're get set in for my fixed blade broadhead. I'm, I'm running 125 fix for elk. Yep. Um, He's going to just dial me in as good as Josh can dial on a bow. And then it's my old saying, you shoot your bow like you're preparing for a fight. Yep. Um, well, you got a lot of time to train. I mean, you've got a full month before the elk hunt gets here. And by the time you get sharp enough for that, then you're going right into whitetails. So. Yeah, without skipping a beat, you just roll right into it. That's one thing that's so good about that Western hunt is you're back. I'm shooting at a deer target right now at 70 yards, you know, and shooting pretty good on a deer at 70 yards, like just yeah getting comfortable that far back and then once you come back from that trip it's like well a 50 yard shot on a whitetail is very very doable now oh yeah comfortable you know dude okay this is not a sponsor it's just something i saw on instagram talking about targets let me, let me see if i can look it up i always forget the name and i apologize but if 
I doubt they listen. Dead on, dead nuts. Is that the the like the one that looks like an actual uh, animal? Like it's yeah. a, it's a two D target. Yeah. Um, I've been looking at those. I was looking at the elk one. Yeah, dead nuts outdoors. Deadnutsoutdoors.com. Yeah, I've been looking at that elk one. It's a 2D bull elk broadside target. They're big. It's like life size. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, this guy? Yeah. Yeah, I've been looking at these. They're, uh, what's the dimensions? It's got two replaceable, replacement vital zones. Yeah, we should have got one of those. I know. Um, what? Uh, I'm trying to see where they're the. The dimensions are at should be right in front of my face here. But anyway, it's huge. It's full size. It's nice to be able to practice on what you're actually going to be shooting at. Makes you a lot more comfortable in the heat of the moment. The tip of the antler is 71 and a half inches and it's 86 inches long. It's a big target. But you just put it in front of your like box or your like block target or whatever you're shooting. Yep. But it, I mean, it looks realistic. Oh, it's that'd be perfect. Yeah. We should have got one of those about a month ago. I know. I'm thinking about ordering one now, but overnight it, and I'll go. I'll go halvesies with you. You want to do that? Yeah. Probably be good to get together and shoot anyway, huh? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Practice some of the eighty and ninety yard bombs on that thing, and okay. Then in the heat of the moment, you're ready to go. Okay. Yeah, we'll order one up. Because if Eric gets his tag, we're, we'll just all just tear up the same target. So, yep. yeah, we can put it at like, you know, get put it at eighty yards and get those in. That way, when you got one at forty, it's just like. Yep. Drop it right in there, you know. Easy. I got you know what I did? I took uh so I got the kids a new swing set. Okay. And I'm getting ready to pick uh, the old wood swing set's been in my yard since we moved in. I was getting ready to pick it up the forks of my tractor, just dump it in the fire pit. And my, Lee Her's like, Oh, why don't you just take it and use it as like your target stand? You can hang bags from it and stuff. Oh yeah. And I'm like, Ah, oh, you're the man. <laughs> so I unbolted the swing set part and put it over and I got uh like where the cross members are for the swing set, like the support. Yeah. I put two boards and put a block target on top and I got nice. my big orange target on the bottom. So it's like a full wall of targets. That's a great idea. And then I'm gonna put my deer targets on the side, but that'll work perfect with that elk target. Yeah. And kind of just stick it right over it. I've got one I need to get rid of. I'm going to do that with mine. Yeah. Because what I'm going to do, I'm going to stop at like Walmart and get some cheap carabiners and some little bit of chain. You can just hang, hang your, it. your block right from it. and Man, that's perfect. Yeah. Good call, Lee. Yeah. I'm like, God, I'm glad you said something about that. So tip, if you got an old swing set around. I just like to burn stuff. I was getting ready to throw it in the burn pit. You know? Right. Watch the kids cry. <laughs> <laughs> Life is tough. But... Yeah, there's random rambling pro tips for, to practice, you know. I love it, man. How do you, when you practice in the summer, are you just shooting at, are you shooting at dots on your 3D targets? I mix, so I mix it up. I've got a bag that has uh, circles on it. Mm. So I'll shoot at that multi-faced, uh, multi-circles on the bag. And then I've got a deer target that I'll set out. And uh, I try to practice my further back shots using that because I feel like, aiming at a dot way far back it just doesn't like get, mentally get me where i want to be so if i have an actual like a deer target out there i i like doing that nothing but hurt feelings when you're aiming at dots a yep. long distance yeah it, it's only because you know you're shooting at a two inch dot and if you're two inches outside the dot you're like i missed yeah and it, that hurts your confidence level yep whereas if you got a deer target at 50 and they're all in the lung yep you're like yeah that's what i want money yeah I go by the pie plate technique. If I'm in a pie plate, then I'm feeling pretty good. So pie plating at 70 now and getting tighter at 80. Like I'm 50-50 right now at pie plating at 80 yards. So that's that's pretty good for me. 
Dude, I've given up a little bit on long range shooting. Yeah, that, that sounds bad. I like doing it, but I don't. I'm not expecting to take an 80 yard shot out there. But I just like to kind of test my limits. And I know a lot of guys that shoot past 100, but my limit where I start to fall apart is like 80 to 90 yards. I used to be so about it. Yeah, and I am still, you know, and I still will shoot that. But my eyes, like, I can't focus on what I'm shooting at anymore. And I don't know if it's just like the last couple of years, it's been bad. We're getting old. It's got, I, that's, I mean, obviously I need glasses. I got glasses, but I'm too big of a, a wussy to put in contacts. <laughs> and I just can't touch my eye. And my wife makes fun of me and everybody else who wears contacts makes fun of me, but I can't do it. Can't you get like one of those clarifiers in your uh, peep? I always worry about the sun and, and Or like some moisture or something getting in it. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I always worry about that, but I can't, like I can see, but it's the focus time. So once I draw and I'm looking through my peep, I have to like let my eye get fo- and by the time I go to shoot it's like the deer would be gone anyway. Yep. So, I've kind of given up on those like 70 and longer yard shots even practicing cuz it just does nothing but hurt my confidence cuz yep. I can't see. Yep. I don't know what the fix is. If anybody's got any tips, please let me know. I thought about get, like to get uh, getting LASIK. Mhm. But then I hear this nightmare story about LASIK can switch your dominant eye. Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah, um Someone we know just is going through it. Um, oh, my father-in-law shooting really? guns. He's got LASIK, and his he's. We were doing the triangle thing where you pull back. Yeah, and it switched his dominant eye. Yeah, huh? That's the first I've heard of that, but that's kind of scary. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to be a lefty. No, I couldn't do it. We were talking about this <laughs> on a podcast coming up. Uh, Darren Christianberry switched from being a right-handed shooter to a left-handed shooter. I've heard that, and he's like, when he's, he's doing on pretty well, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, I couldn't even draw a bow back left-handed. That'd be different. I don't think I've ever tried. I've never tried. I don't. I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I, I just, you know what I'm saying? It's like it, it hurts your confidence as a hunter. I don't want to feel that way. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But two or three years from now, we might not have a choice. I know, man. I just don't know what the right move is. Yeah. Like I think surgery'd be the last move. Like try everything do the else. contacts first. Yeah, but I can't get them in. And then I'm worried, like, okay, what if I'm hunting, it falls out? Then what? What do you do? You'll get used to it. Yeah, but what if it falls out and you lose it? Carry a spare with you. It's <laughs> <laughs> got, like, solution and, like... Yeah. Put it in your pack. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know. It's what freaked me out. I'm also a redneck, dude. I went to Walmart and got my eyes checked. And... It does the same thing. What's that? It's the same thing. Well, I went in there. I got contacts in my eye there, and I couldn't get them out. And I got the old Walmart lady picking at my eye e, and it makes me squeamish just thinking about it yeah so i'm I, a wussy when it comes to my eyeballs man i don't want anybody messing with my eyes yeah, my wife's like pull your eye down put it on your fingertip and put it in your eye and i'm just like crunching up the contact and i can't <laughs> do it so i just don't know what the move is i gotta talk to mark because i think mark wears his glasses when he shoots yeah that'd be tricky too heat of the moment you're breathing heavy and fogging up your glasses <laughs> Mouth breathing. I can't see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got to talk to him because I think Taylor might do the same thing. But then that's another thing. I don't want to worry about my glasses when I'm hunting. Yeah, it's just one more thing. <sighs> Getting old sucks, dude. Yeah, it does. What's the move? Don't get old. So you don't wear contacts or nothing? I'm like right on the edge of needing glasses. Like for my driving test, like the next, the guy said the next time I come in, I'll probably have to have glasses. Oh, really? I'm like right on the edge, so I just keep fighting it, prolonging it. I'm curious what listeners do to kind of get around that, or they just wear their glasses. Maybe that's a move. I have glasses. I do have glasses, and I only—I don't really wear them anymore. I used to wear them at night to like watch TV from a distance, 
but I've, I've never had glasses, never had contacts. I'm just fighting it. I need to go back to the eye doctor. But what are my options here? Yeah, I'm just gonna avoid it. I'll be blind before I. They'll they'll stop me from getting my driver's license. That'll be what makes me go <laughs> get my eyes fixed. <laughs> but also to the point, it's like if I could just pay like fifteen hundred bucks an eye, get them fixed. If I knew it was gonna be right, right. Put a clarifier in one eye. That that's something you don't want to look for a bargain for. Just pay the money and go to the good guy. Yeah, it's not like a vasectomy. You'll you'll equate it to a tattoo artist. Just pay the money and go to a good guy. Yeah. Your eyes are something you don't want to mess with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you just do it one shot. Go tattoo artist. A guy who does vasectomies and eye surgery. Now we're talking. All in one room, dude. Guys' day. <laughs> guys' day. When you're over forty, what's up? <laughs> what's up? I'm not over forty though. <laughs> oh man, I'll be thirty three. Actually, what what day is your hunt start? Uh, September 7th. Oh, you'll be out there the 6th, though. Yeah, I'll be, I'm meeting Trey on the 6th. Okay, that's Is my that, birthday. That's your birthday. He's going to see if you can go out the afternoon of the 6th and kill a bull on my birthday. Well, talk to Trey and get me, get me out early. I tried to do that when I went last <laughs> year. Trey was like, oh, yeah, we'll go hunting the 6th, you know, see if you can get a bull shot. I'm like, cool. So I get out there, and he's like, oh, you wanted to hunt? I'm like, yeah, we'll talk to you about this. Wanted to go hunt. <laughs> and uh, we didn't, so we were just playing on the next morning. So I drank... Uh, Montucky Cold Snacks, the beer. I never heard of that one. They're out there. You pick up a case. There's okay. a horse galloping on them. I just drank Montucky Cold Snacks in camp all day and just enjoyed my birthday. That's and, not a bad and birthday. Had nothing to do but just relax. It was yeah. it was nice. Yeah. No phone calls. Nothing. Yep. Just stared at the mountains and drink drink beers. Well, that sounds like a pretty good day to me. It was a good day. <laughs> it's a good hunt too. But I'm Jack for you, dude. On that, but you know, I, I I'm. But kind of what we talked about, the elk hunt will kind of damper the anxiety for the whitetail season, you know? Like, takes the edge off a little bit. Takes the edge off. The bad thing about it is you have to take the edge off on such a high-pressure type hunt. I'll be fine. Elk hunting is the big show. Yeah. It's it's just been so long trying to draw that tag. Once you finally do, the pressure's on, but I don't, you know, I don't mind that. I had a blast on my moose hunt, and that was, you know, a decade in the making. That was the big show. That was a big one um elk's the same way this year i've got the iowa whitetail tag that's taken me six years to draw so i'm i've got even more pressure on me for that iowa tag this is a big season for you yeah it could be i mean if things go right it could be a good year for me you could yeah. kill three bucks or can you kill two bucks in iowa because you're a, uh, nope. a landowner just one just one yep one buck in iowa as a non-resident took like i said six years to get that tag so I've got a nice farm over there starting to see some good bucks and I'm really excited for that farm because it's a huge uh, white oak timber. Mm -hmm. So I think by the time October gets here and those acorns are dropping, that's when everybody's going to start moving in there. There's so many big landowners around. I think I'm going to really, the bucks I'm seeing now is going to double or triple by the time season gets in. So. Especially I'd be curious to see like here the next four weeks when velvet comes off, right? Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. They'll be coming off about three weeks. About when you're on your hunt. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what changes and who moves where and what's coming in. Like yeah. Mark said, the brain cells develop once the velvet comes off. Yep. Dude, that so you got a you got a big show of a season. You could kill two bucks in Illinois, you could kill an elk in Wyoming, you could kill a big Iowa buck. Yep. Whew. And killed a bear this spring up in Canada. So yeah. it'll be a it'll be a big year if everything goes right. That will be big. But who uh all right, let's make let's do our own predictions real quick before we close this out. Because normally Doug's like, you know, does the mustache thing and makes predictions. Man, I don't want to try to assume that role. Let's do the Lord's predictions. Let's go. 
Hmm. I don't know even how to start them. Who kills first out of the crew? You're going to kill first. Do you think even even with our conversation? Yep. I think wow. you're going to kill a big one, but I think it's going to be early. I think that first cold front in October, you're going to kill a big one. Okay, I like that prediction. Okay. Okay, what about biggest? Biggest? I think Ross is going to kill the biggest. I would I would probably put my money on Ross. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's hard to go against a guy that's had experience with really big deer, and I think this could be a good season for him. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Ross could be in the chips again. All right, who kills last? Who's in the late season? I think I could kill a late one. Yeah, you kind of been you're kind of taking Ross's role of Mr. Late Season. Well, Ross could be, I mean, Ross is definitely in the running. Uh I I've, I've just planted all my food plots, so if we get the rain here in the next couple weeks, I should have some pretty good late season food and I'm going to be mm-hmm. pretty patient having three tags this year, you know, I'm I'm not in any hurry, so Yeah, you got nothing but time. Yeah. I think Eric's going to kill a good one this year. I hope Just he because does. Like, he just had a baby, that brings some good juju, and he's just due. Yep. You know? I'd love to see him kill that one that he's been watching for a few years. That'd be an awesome one. Yeah, nine kill. lives. He's awesome. So he messed up his antler this year. He'd still be gnarly to kill. Just an ancient old deer. So when Greg Rich was in here, we had the, the debate. Remember that conversation? He's like, do you shoot that deer or do you wait him another year? That's a hard That's a hard one to do. But I told Eric, I'm like, you got to shoot that deer. Kill that thing. He could be, He could die after this year of old age or get hit by a car yep. or whatever. That deer's old. He is very old. Eric thinks 10-ish? Yep. And I think he's got a really good like big-time setup this year for his food plot. Yeah. And if he can get in there to kill that deer where he's at, he's going to have a good chance at him. So I, I think he could kill him rut. But I think his best chances are to kill him early. It'd be cool. First yeah. cold front. Yep. Yep. And of course, old Doug, he's... You never count Doug out. No, he's always in the running, and he's got some really good deer, too. So it's, man, like I said, Clint. Clint's going to have, looking at all the deer that Clint saw last year, they're all going to yeah. be studs this year. I mean, yep. dude, the whole crew could shoot a tremendous whitetail this year. We've all got potential it's fun to think about what could happen and, yep. and how everyone's season's gonna play out lee's on some good ones yep um doug is like what he's so consistent yeah you know you just kind of you know it's gonna happen for doug yeah doug will kill a good buck every year um if he doesn't it's because he was like trying to read or something pa- passing 150s eight pointers <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah which that buck's still awesome it's like there's no way you could ever regret that you know what a good story it's a good one well dude this podcast has been efficient and fun and uh i'm just starting to nerd out over trail cam pictures and strategy already and we have over a month before whitetail season's here yep but first good luck on your elk hunt thank you man i'm gonna do my best mine's after yours and hopefully Eric's there with me. I hope that Eric gets that tag and you guys are going out there together, man. What a yeah. what an awesome trip. I feel good about it. If you guys are kind of wondering, listen to this one. We don't really talk about it on this series as much. But um, if you go to, to, um, to go to our website and click that Mountain Ops link, any purchase on Mountain Ops, and if you use code WCB, you're entered. Yep. There's no jumping social media, jump through hoops or nothing. You, any purchase. You could purchase a tub of Ignite. Yep. And use code WCB. You're in there. We're pulling the report of everybody who used the code. Anything over $100, we're, we're going to double your entry and then so on for every $100 on top of that. So even if you made multiple purchases now between first week of September, we'll add it. Nice. And uh, we'll double your entry. And so giving away a bow, coolers, all, all sorts of stuff, dude. We're giving away an early season hunt worth, um, tarnin hunt package, like a $400 value hunting, awesome. hunting clothes, all sorts of stuff. 
It's good stuff, man. I've got a shipment coming in today. Can't get enough. The Ignite. I went from no caffeine to using Ignite, and now I'm like awake all day. <laughs> I never knew what caffeine was like. This is I awesome. I love caffeine, man. I'm a farmer that never drank coffee. You never ever did? I cold like cold coffees every now and then, but yeah. now that I've started on this, I'm like every day drinking Ignite. Leah's like, well, now you know what, I, what I've been doing for the last 20 years. I love it. It's, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm down... I don't know. I'm I haven't very I try not to weigh myself all the time, but I'm just trying to eat healthier for this hunt coming up and just yeah. to be healthier. Six to ten pounds. Yeah. I'm gonna keep going and we'll see. I slacked off for rodeo weekend a little bit. Like one I, and when I say slacked off, I ate a brownie. You treated yourself one time. I'm I think not, you can get away with that. Yeah, but I felt guilty doing it. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, they're so good. I like to eat, man. The hard part's the beer. I know. And I haven't been, I've been drinking whiskey and water if I'm going to drink. Yep. And that really is like just a lot of unnecessary calories. It is. Yeah. God, I love a good beer though. It's hard, man. I drank two blue moons yesterday. It's just hard to get away from. So good. <laughs> something about it hits your lips. It's like 170 calories in one blue moon though. It's like the heaviest beer you can drink. <laughs> I know. But this weekend's <laughs> Illinois Deer and Beer Fest. Yeah. We're going to have to uh, drink a few there. Yeah. I, yeah. I got to have a beer or two or, or a dozen. Yeah. It's all right. We'll be fine. Hey, just starve yourself for five days going into it. Don't eat fine. lunch for five days. You'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, dude. Best of luck to you on your elk hunt. Hey, same to you, brother. We'll order one of them targets and start shooting. Let's do it. Cool. Thanks, everyone, watching, listening. Um, if you got a fall western hunt plan, best of luck to you. If not, uh, we'll see you every week all the way through hunting season. Good luck. Get prepared. Get ready. You know what to do. Go shoot a giant. We'll see you next week. Peace. wild game in wild places tune in to hunt stand presents saturdays at 8 30 p.m eastern waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment